Thanks, Mike, for finally letting me tour the Cage Club Podcast Network studios. No problem, Brian. But hey, could you not tell Joey? He hates it when you mess around with his stuff. Is that every Nick Cage movie ever? Yup. From Fast Times to Massive Talent, this network is pretty much the house that Nicky Coppola built. Hey, what about over there? Where do those stairs go? That's my it's my R2 impression. Uh, I'll translate. Uh, I speak droid. So uh, this is Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, the cut-by-cut Francis Ford Coppola podcast, and this is a Cage Club Network production. Buenasera, have a seat, have a glass, and may the fourth be with you guys, or may the fourth be with you. I'm Brian Rodriguez, but where's Michael? We can't start the podcast without Michael. Oh, well, then I guess we can start the show. Uh, <laughs> here I am. I just had to uh, fight off a swarm of Mandalorians on my way to get here. So sorry I was late. Before we introduce our guest, Mike, I'm sorry for blowing up your spot, but we I have to say it just because, like, tone-wise. Do it. Do it. You accidentally watched Hearts of Darkness before this, <laughs> which is the exact opposite tone of what we're talking about today on our special May the yep. 4th Star Wars episode. So you came out of it's your true. own your own Vietnam to do this, so I appreciate yeah. that, Mike. It's, it's pretty funny, though, how what we watched completely flipped my mood 100% almost immediately. Well, that's uh, good. It, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> of course... For this special episode, we have a returning guest. The guy. This is the first guest ever on the show. The first time. (laughs) Hey, as a fan of sitcoms here, I have to have a running gag of some type. So one of your running gags, but no, Kyle Reinfried, the man on Uncle Francis's couch, he's here. Kyle, welcome. How have you been? Hello. I've been great. How are you guys doing? Good, good. I'd have I'd refer to you as the man in Uncle Francis's kitchen. That's good. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a Stir- high title in that kitchen. Stirring the sauce, yeah, yeah. The man who stirs the sauce. I'm surprised you haven't like uh, used that moniker more, Kyle. It's like the hand that rocks the cradle. The man who stirs yeah. the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> like Reggie Jackson. Except said- you're not you're not stealing his family by becoming him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or. <laughs> Reggie Jackson said he was the straw that stirred the drink of those old Yankee teams. You're, you're the man who stirs the sauce. <laughs> Reggie That's Jackson fun. also I, said, yeah. I must kill the queen. <laughs> so, Yes, classic. Thank you for joining us, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, you know, talked plenty of Star Wars on your podcast, Mike. So uh wasn't expecting to do that for the wine cellar, but he, yet here I am. I was going to say, that's a good point, because I wasn't expecting to do this for the wine cellar. This is something that I actually had completely wiped from my brain until quite recently. And if you're not, for whatever reason, too familiar with what we do here on Uncle Francis' Wine Cellar, and you're dipping in today and you're like, wait a minute, I thought it was a Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Didn't George Lucas direct Star Wars? Well, you clearly haven't been listening to the show because Lucas has been woven into so many things in what we do here. And specifically the thing we're talking about today, R2-D2 Beneath the Dome, we get Francis Ford Coppola featured prominently. So we thought, Mike and I, that it would be fun to talk about this as a special bonus episode for May the 4th 
because it's just yep. just a fun, fun, silly thing. Yeah, this was great. I, I think this was recorded around the time of episode two, doing behind the scenes stuff because Hayden Christensen shows up. Yeah, but. This is a great mockumentary of like behind the music or where are they now style types of exposés that were predominant during the mid to late 90s uh, around the time of episodes, uh, prequel episodes were being made. Absolutely. This is hilarious. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to deep dive this. But we have some, we have some business to talk about, Mike, you and I, oh. and Kyle. Oh, yeah. Yep. First, remember to keep your friends close and your fellow podcasters closer and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, leave us a five-star review or a positive rating. Of course, tell a friend, tell family about Uncle Francis's wine cellar. Bring it to your dinner table. Pour a glass of this show to, to your next of kin. <laughs> If they are of legal drinking age or not. I mean, I don't know. You do what you want to do in your own family table, right? That's the Paisano way. So uh, <laughs> We're not telling you what to do except except subscribe to the show. Yes. Uh, subscribe to the show. <laughs> Tell friends about the show. And why don't you follow us on social media while you're there? Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar on Instagram. I have a Twitter, OHMY Rodriguez, oh my Rodriguez. The mics are on everything. And Kyle, why don't you share your handles now, and we'll do it a little bit later, too. Sure. Uh, find me on Instagram at Foodie Films Media. Nice. And this is The Wine Cellar, and I have to drink a wine, even though I don't think this episode's going to be that long. So originally, I was going to go with a white, but I decided to go to the dark side and drink a red nice. today. Ooh, look at that. Very cool. Like a Sith, a little Sith blend. Francis Coppola (laughs) red blend or Sith blend. Or it looks like, what do they call like those red dressed imperial guards? Oh, oh, help me out. They just mentioned them last episode. I want to say Gamorrean. No, there's two two difference. The ones that were in the last episode of uh, Mandalorian were Praetorian guards, uh, which are different than, those Mm -hmm. are the ones that show up in The Last Jedi, not the ones that like look over the Emperor. They have, I think, a different name. This is why I have this right now. (laughs) This is is why we are together here because, you know, we all are big Star Wars fans. I think we're all Coppola fans as well. So this is this is exciting. Kyle, you're probably the first person I ever talked about this little documentary with. So happy to have you on something that we've been made fun of doing delaying what we're really talking about and continuing with our segments mike we're not going to do all the segments today but there's one segment there's one segment we have to do because i really want to play the tangentially related star wars clip we always play <laughs> sweet <laughs> come walk this way take a look we put the picture's name on everything merchandising merchandising where the real money from the movie is made Mike's merch table is open. Mike, do you have anything today? Are you prepared? I am prepared. I'm sending, I'm copying and pasting to the main chat here in Facebook so that Kyle can see as well. Let's see. Moisturizing. There we go. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it's from FUD2. (laughs) (laughs) See if you can click on this. So what this is, I found... You can own a actual R2D2 for twenty-five grand 
All you got to do is buy an airplane ticket and uh, pass to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, where it is available at the gift shop. And it is a droid which interacts with you, rolls around, and is the same size and shape as the real R2-D2 available at the Droid Depot at the Black Spire Outpost on Batuu, the fictional world of Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge, Disney World. Are you like the broadcaster from episode one? Oh, I was was (laughs) trying to... I was trying to lean into my Dexter Jackster in there. Uh, Obi Wan, <laughs> it's a Camino Dark. Yeah, Camino. Cloner. Is that Ed Asner? <laughs> it should is it? be. I, I don't know who it, it is. It might be. No. I don't even remember. Or who's that or who's fantastic. the other Ed Asner? Who's the other? Who's um? Oh God, Marty. Um, oh, oh, like, Ber- Ernest Bergnine? Yeah, Ernest Bergnine. That's who I meant. Actually. Yes. More than I was Ed thinking Asner. maybe Ted Knight from like the, uh, you know, the Super Friends, but oh, he yeah. also was on like Mary Tyler Moore show. Rest in peace, Ted Knight. <laughs> anyway, this is insane. It says, it says 11 people have bought this so far uh, ever since this article was posted, oh, and, which boy. is amazing because, you know, it's also like $800 shipping, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> you know how else are you going to get at home buy an airplane ticket for it i guess if you're driving to florida that's that's easier but yeah there it is i, I just typed in most expensive r2d2 you could buy well you get at home by buying your x-wing fighter and putting it in he's an a- astro oh, yeah. droid after all astromech thank you kyle <laughs> um, i like this i like this so kyle i'm not sure if you're too familiar but Mike, you know that I've been participating in this segment and that I have been going exclusively to the Academy Museum store, the Academy Museum in Los Angeles, of course. Um, Now, mostly it's been Godfather stuff, but they do have some Star Wars stuff. And Kyle, I knew you were coming on the pod and I wanted to get something for the both of you guys that the both of you would enjoy. So I did put it in the Facebook chat. Oh, I've seen this. (laughs) It's not as cool as yours, but it is. The Star oh. Wars R two D two popcorn maker. Oh, it makes popcorn. Oh, look at that! And it and it stores. You could eat it out of his head as a bowl. <laughs> so it is an R two D two. That yeah, you can eat the popcorn out of the bowl. You make the popcorn there. Ninety nine dollars. Do you think that's a fair price? Mm-hmm. A little cheaper than yours. Uh, yeah, a little cheaper than the a real little, uh, a R two. I would little, I would tell you what. I would love to receive this as a gift or if, say, they wanted us to review it on the show and test it out. It looks like a lot of fun. I, I, would, I couldn't buy it for myself, but I'd like to have one. It would go well. I got as a gift a uh, First Order Stormtrooper head toaster that Ooh. prints the First Order <laughs> logo on your toast. I tried it once and it started smoking, so I never used it again. Now it's just kind of a prop in the kitchen, but this looks cool. You've been jammed. Yeah, man, Star Wars adjacent is such a great movie. (laughs) Spaceballs. Um, now I have a backup thing. If you guys didn't like that one, wait, you didn't even go down like you know the stats. Healthy popping, easy to use, detachable (laughs) lid. Healthy popping, high powered powered popper uses hot air to pop. Ninety eight percent of kernels. No oil is needed. I remember when we were kids, like, the oil would go flying sometimes. Kyle, hot take. Since they spell R2 this way here, do you like when they spell it A-R-T-O-O? Are you okay with that? I feel like that's how it was originally written in, like, the screenplay, maybe? So, sure. Really? I, 
I feel like that's like the nickname, but I like it too. I do like it. So, so I have a backup gift from the Academy store. It's not Archie related, <laughs> but it is it is Star Wars related and food related. Okay. And I'm more curious, Kyle, if you like this backup gift. Ooh, that's dope. Kyle, you read what this one is and tell me what your feelings are. Lightsaber pizza cutter with sound. So it looks to be the Darth Vader lightsaber. So it's got, uh, you know, the, the, his, uh, God, what's that called? Not just a handle, but the... Uh, the hilt. hilt. Yeah. Hilt. Thank you. Yeah, hilt. And a red By the way, we're on, we're on like a Zoom call. We're on a Zencaster call. And I loved your interpretation for what hilt is. It was very dirty. <laughs> uh, you know, the hilt. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe I would have corrected my. I'm looking at the image and not me, myself, my face on the Zencaster. Maybe I'll <laughs> anyway, anyway, the price is $34.99. Museum member price is $31.49. It is, is, it, is it worth it to yeah. be a museum member? How much is the membership? Like three. <laughs> Dollars and fifty-two cents. <laughs> Come on in, but you got to read read this thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Make make pizza night a lot. What? Oh no, go ahead. It's awesome. Let's read it. All right, make pizza night a lot more fun for the Star Wars fans in your life. Resembling Darth Vader's lightsaber hilt. Oh, only if I read ahead. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. you didn't cutter. read instructions ahead of time, huh? That's not instructions. It's a description. There's a difference. Okay, so I recognize your joke because I have a problem with that in my life. <laughs> this pizza cutter lights up and plays lightsaber sounds. Juju le lightsaber when the button is pressed. The slice is strong with this one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> uh, Star Wars pizza cutter plays lightsaber sounds when button is pressed. Yeah, you fucking told us that already. Plastic with metal cutting wheel is armature oh and armature uh requires three okay requires batteries. three batteries right. so this yeah. is the part is cool is you could detach the blade for cleaning but then you can just kind of carry around the handle <laughs> as like a prop oh yeah no and it's it has, really cool yeah i like the light too <laughs> you know so brian i i mean un, unjokingly like i actually had a genuinely Honest reaction. I thought this was a cool pro- uh, product. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool too. It's a little expensive, but I think it's cool. But it's also funny for what we do, Mike, because this is expected with the Star Wars universe. That's the joke Spaceballs is making, and that's yes, that's why we play the clip. It's it's yes. more unexpected when we find all this Godfather stuff, especially how recent it is, because they weren't really marketing the Godfather until like a couple years ago. I feel like. Despite mm-hmm. it being like such a, a iconic and classic movie, but if we did a Star Wars podcast, if we did the podcast as as you've teased before, and you know, yes, all yes, about yes. pod racing, pod racing, like um, yes. our merch corner would be the easiest merch corner in the world. There's yeah. so much Star Wars merchandise out there. Well, th- that's a whole podcast in and of itself is strictly talking about Star Wars merchandise and nothing else it's like stick to a product an episode or two and that's the show and i wouldn't mind doing that i mean there's enough but you're right that is where the joke comes from and that's where this segment kind of spawned from and uh i try to stick as close as i can to 
products about the specific movie, but I've had to stretch it from time to time. But, uh, you know, it's like I was prepping for Apocalypse Now and I was like, hmm, are there like Apocalypse Now bug spray or surfboards <laughs> or <laughs> napalm? Like, what do you like? Ooh, what is the merch please. corner? Let's get that? a nap- napalm sponsorship soon. So speaking of sponsorships, we are still open for a cannoli sponsorship. Hey, we'll take a pizza cutter sponsorship. We'll take a sponsorship in pretty much anything here on Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. Yeah. How funny would it be if we were the official Star Wars sponsored podcast? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar brought to you by Star Wars. Like they need it. Now, unfortunately or fortunately, we are contractually obligated to do some more of these segments. That's just in our rider here at the Cage Club Podcast Network. So... Mike, Mike Capella. Oh yeah, here we go. And a one, and a two, and a... Where in the world is the Godfather streaming? Still on Peacock. We're, this Peacock streak... Is... Wait, hold on. Let me ask Kyle. Do you want to acapella that with me real quick by any chance, well, Brian? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, going to give Kyle a chance. Because we know the Godfather is on Peacock. We're on a long Peacock streak. But I figured since we're talking Star Wars films today... Can we get a Where in the World is Star Wars streaming? Ooh. Why don't you do sure. it together? <clears throat> okay, right. on three. Ready? One. Wait, how, how do you count down a singing thing? And a one, and a two, and a... Where, where in the world? <laughs> Why did you start so slow? <laughs> he, like, held, he took a really deep breath or something. <laughs> It's just weird doing it over the video thing. Okay. Um, Brian, you count us down. When I say one, okay? Three, two, one. Where in in the world is Star Wars streaming? Is that what we're supposed to do? (laughs) Yeah. We tried. Sure. Uh, (laughs) You did good. Disney Plus, they have their own own thing forever. We know this guy. Yeah, Disney Plus. And, and on the Star Wars channel on Disney Plus? What do you call that? Place? Um, the, um, no, there's a, there is a, there's a word for that. HBO Max has a good word for it. Um, oh, I can't remember what it is, though. Like Tab? Icon? Q? Uh, it's more like um, channel or something like that. Like It's like that. But hub. Hub. The hub? Star Wars hub, I believe. Ooh. I like I like that terminology. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the question I was going to ask you quickly regarding that, obviously we know where Star Wars is. It's on Disney Plus. It's a huge Disney property now. Is do you think that the Godfather, if they ever create a larger Godfather universe, will it ever get its own hub on Paramount Plus? There's not enough material. I don't think they'll ever. Well, I'll tell you what it might get. I'll <laughs> tell you what it might under, get. Under like Paramount, cla- like classics, like like par- the par- the Mount the Paramount more. I was trying to do Rushmore, the Mount Rushmore, the Paramount. <laughs> good attempt. Yeah, the Paramount Rushmore. I'll yeah. tell you where it might end up one day is on Pluto on its own Godfather channel. Just like Rocky. Like, you could watch all the Rockies in a row just about. Not the Creed. Creeds aren't up there. But, like, it's a, just a constant loop. I don't know. I certainly know you didn't, Kyle. And I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the April Fool's joke, Mike, that Joey and Joe 2 played on us. I started listening to it. But they made a joke that Megalopolis 
would be a Pluto exclusive. Like how how <laughs> hilarious that would be. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like something coming out on the Roku box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's his movie, right? That's yeah. That's the big project yeah. that's coming out. Uh, uh, hopefully. So, you probably saw this drop in your, I don't know what it's called, your queue, your app, whatever, and we're like, huh? I didn't think they would have a Star Wars episode, or I don't think they would have something for May the Fourth, the official Star Wars holiday. But we did for a couple of reasons. One, we're all we're all Star Wars fans here. I'm not going to say what's your history with Star Wars. We all got them, you know. We all talk about <laughs> these films a lot. So, really, I want to know when was the first time you saw this little this little thing we're talking about today? R two D two beneath the dome. I'll start because I'll tell you what. I don't remember ever seeing this. I know I've seen it because it's on the DVD and I've watched everything on those DVDs, but like 20 years ago or wherever they came out, I haven't really combed through those in a long time. But a couple months ago, this came up in our group chat. One of you sent this and I started kind of losing my mind because <laughs> I like was like, how could I have forgotten this existed? This is some of the funniest stuff like... Behind the scenes wise, like, first of all, what a tremendous waste of time to be doing while making a Star Wars movie. And like how hilarious that it's these guys doing it and kind of just taking the piss out of each other. I thought it was hilarious. So like it may as well have just been like last year for the first time that I'd seen this. And yeah, now I've watched it like at least three times. How about you, Kyle? Because as I teased a little bit, like I remember watching this for the first time. With someone, Mike, you don't know, but Kyle, you do know. I, I watched this with Bernard Chung for some reason. I think okay. I was over his house, a kid we went to high school with. And I don't know, we just digested it quickly. And then you and I talked about this like at school. And occasionally throughout the years, we've mentioned this and briefly talked about it. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Yeah, um, I I think like around... 2002 probably because like mike was saying all the interviews are being filmed while attack of the clones is being filmed and that's when it came out and i know at my parents house i have a separate dvd of just this and then when they released oh okay and then when like it was like five dollars or something like that and then when they released Star Wars on DVD, which I left high school to walk up to the Blockbuster, buy it, <laughs> bring it down, Respect. and started play and started playing it in art class. Oh, dope! You are yeah. you're a fucking Jedi. Uh, yes, I am. Thank you. The point being, this mockumentary is on the 2004. I want to say release. I think that was released in fall of 2004 because then uh revenge of the sith is spring 05 so yeah uh that's like when i watched it definitely between those years so it has an interesting history maybe this will help uh color it it was filmed around that time and actually the trailer for this debuted on the broadcast of star wars episode one the phantom menace on november 25th 2001 thanksgiving or thanksgiving weekend that year huh uh, when when did the next one come out? Sorry, when did uh, Attack of the Clones? What year? Oh, two thousand two. It was 2005. So from what I gather, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people watched this on Fox because there was at least a teaser 
sorry, watch uh-huh. this watch this um uh showing uh the Phantom Menace because there was a teaser of Attack of the Clones, so it drew a lot of people in. And one of the other things they teased was this documentary. And one of the big things about this documentary that made a lot of people watch it originally on Fox was it had a lot of behind the scenes clips of Attack of the Clones that weren't even in the teaser. So ah. what they did was the next three weeks on Fox, they showed it in like little segments on, you know, here or there, right? That's why you could see kind of like commercial breaks in there. Yeah, just then, like tags. Yeah. Tags. They also released it in, in its entirety on StarWars.com. And I don't know, Kyle, when we were in high school, StarWars.com was like huge. Oh, yeah. It was like you would go on there and research stuff. <laughs> I would have killed for StarWars.com in high school. I could have written for StarWars.com. I was the only <laughs> like Star Wars fan in my high school until Crazy. they released the special editions. It was, yeah, what a time. Let's do a little time travel right now and, and take us back to that magical time of these prequels. And, yeah, in, I mean... My family got their first DVD player in 2000, and that was a game changer. What's the first DVD you had? What's the, what's, what's the first DVD you're afraid of? I know had? mine. I still have mine. Oh, I know mine boy. Too. That's a good question. I feel like we got a free, you know, like you would get a free one with it. I got um, I got one for Christmas, I, and then I got ooh, the PS2 tough. to play it in after. So, like, I owned a DVD, or my birthday, and then I got the PS2, but it was... Uh, Mad Max, The Road Warrior. Nice. Still own it. I think the the first... Ooh, boy. One of the first DVDs that I bought was like Blazing Saddles. Nice. Excellent. Um, Yeah. And I remember getting a very early on scary movie. Um, but I know that there was one that like came like like when we when they purchased it, you could go into the store and there was a section that like you could pick one of those movies. That's nice. cool. You know, take with the DVD player. My first DVD was Platoon. I don't know why. Wow, I, heavy. I just yeah. want to buy Platoon. Not to ruin your time travel, Kyle, but just want to finish this part up. They then released it in December of of 2002 as its own DVD. So nice. your, your timeline is right. But most people I know watched it on the Attack of the Clones DVD, just like combing through special features. I know a lot of people saw it on TV. I know a lot of, you know... People bought the DVD exclusively, but I like remember distinctly like getting Attack of the Clones and then combing through all the special features and watching this there. Yeah, I definitely have this that solo. I guess I guess I mean because around that time is when I really started buying DVDs between like Tower Records and like oh god, what was that store in the Palisades Mall? Fye. That, yeah, yeah. For, for yeah. your entertainment, that, there we that go, was yeah. around for a long time. There's Suncoast. Suncoast was around. Yeah, but, but yeah, Tower Records, Blockbuster, and like Fye were like the big ones for me. I feel like, but uh, yeah, definitely have that DVD. And at that time, you know, like this is this is that was just the premium error of special features, and that was just the greatest gift oh, to yeah. be like given to me at that time. Yeah. Uh, so between DVDs, although although the the uh, the Star Wars that I have on VHS have like special features they that do. play before it, like little makings of, and then you would catch one, catch ones on like HBO sometimes or something like that. Mm. 
You could get this brand new right now on eBay for like ten bucks. Nice. So. Look, wow. you used to buy DVDs back then because of the special features, right? It was. A I couldn't tell you the last yeah. time I bought a hard copy of something. Oh man, I I happened to be in Best Buy looking for like cords and plugs and stuff, and I was like, I wonder if they have. I need. I want to get the old way with Nick Cage because that's like the one thing I still collect. And like they didn't have it, but I was looking through like special features on stuff these days, and there's like barely any. There's so many bare bones copies coming out you know which is depressing yeah i would i really think like if uh well i just heard netflix is they finally announced no more mailing dvds yeah mm-hmm. is that uh, why you're wearing that red in honor of the last red yeah. envelope being sent? <laughs> i still think like i mean obviously netflix is i guess king of the streaming services still i think i don't know but i really would have thought by now that there would be like a what'd you call it before a hub like a hub of special features like there is yeah a place for it. they just don't really make them anymore for more modern things I mean Disney Plus is the, the oh. streaming service that does it the most right they, I, I, they have well, that's the true they do yeah they do have a lot of that but, stuff yeah but but can you listen to Sam Raimi talk about Multiverse of Madness on Disney Plus no but you he did a director's commentary on the Blu-ray so like you know I think that's the last Blu-ray I might have bought in stores you know physical copy because i was like i really am interested in what he has to say like that kind of thing but like i agree the way you can change subtitles or like languages you should be able to put on like audio commentaries or special features or all that kind of stuff yeah i think it's something that as the streaming services to differentiate themselves you'll see it more like i said disney plus is doing it a little bit yeah, it could be a money rights kind of thing. You know, you got to contact the director again and be like, you know, can we use your commentary on a different media kind of thing? I don't know. Look at something like Friends, right, on HBO Max. Or just Max now. But spoiler alert. Uh, they obviously have all the episodes there. Then they did a reunion. They are going to constantly be thinking about what's next. Or a better example, right, is uh, The Office on Peacock. When The Office was on Netflix, they were making so much money for Netflix. It went to Peacock, and they're like, how do we get more people to watch this? And you could watch alternate cuts of at least 20 Office episodes on there. Ah, And they're really good. And I was someone who watched The Office front to back everything. And I'll watch these episodes, and I'm like, this is hilarious, these new cuts. So it makes you want to get these uh, services. So it's only a matter of time. Because they need to differentiate themselves. And I'm telling you, I watched every Office DVD, watched the deleted scenes, watched the special features. And there are deleted scenes that they've put into episodes that weren't deleted scenes of the DVD for The Office. So my point is, I think we'll get there. But Kyle, I'm with you. It's been a slow ride to even get like remotely close to there. Slow ride. Take just, it just saw that last night. Dude's confused at the Alamo. Oh, cool. You're still going to the Alamo? I'll meet you there sometimes. I don't think we're going to scene by scene this. However, no. I do want to just bring up a couple things quickly. We're not just talking about this because Francis is in a couple scenes. Mike, you and I have, we knew this, but we've learned even more how much of a mentor Francis Ford Coppola was to George Lucas. Again, George Lucas, you know, wins an award at school, gets to work on Coppola's movie, The Rain People, shoots yeah. shoots that first behind-the-scenes featurette for him. Ironically, we're talking uh-huh. about one today. And then... Um, so, wait, wait. We left out my favorite thing. Goes up to George Lucas and says, give me one good idea every day. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's how they became friends. <laughs> and and he did. And, of course, they start Zoetrope together. Francis is a couple years older than him, but he sort of becomes like the big brother figure yep. to all yep. these filmmakers. You know, George Lucas being prominent. THX becomes the first official Zoetrope mm-hmm. film. Pushes that. It THX's failure sort of, you know, puts Zoetrope on a crazy path, even though it's like more appreciated now. However... Francis mm-hmm. would go on to produce American Graffiti with George. Yeah, and 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 Captain EO. Oh, Captain eventually. EO, eventually, you're right. I can't wait to talk Captain EO. Which which I'm not unconvinced isn't in the Star Wars universe. So we'll get teaser there. for when we talk about that. Maybe we'll invite you back for Captain EO. Do you know what Captain EO is, Kyle? No idea. Mike, oh, Mike, don't tell him yet. No, <laughs> tease it. Okay. Uh, just tease all I gotta say, I gotta say I got three names for you okay Francis Ford Coppola George Lucas Michael Jackson not interested no it, it was <laughs> it was a film they used was it Spaceship Earth or what was the Epcot Epcot Center yeah it was it was, at Epcot, it was a but... 3D short film designed at for Epcot Center um, and it showed for like a limited time and I saw it at Epcot and wow. yeah, it's basically it's on YouTube, but don't watch Michael Jackson is the captain of a spaceship and <laughs> oh, no. he's got like a bunch of Muppet co-pilots and they fight Angelica Houston, who looks like the alien queen at the end of the movie. It's wild. <laughs> it is definitely wild. There's a dance off. It's crazy. But Mike, you and I on a recent uh, Oscar episode, what was the award? The Thalberg Award? Is that? Am I? Oh wait, Oscar the Oscar, um, yeah the slice the movie the slice the alone movie. Oh now you remember that movie, Kyle? Okay. <laughs> That's the only one I said. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Just for context, guys, Kyle at once at the Animal <laughs> Draft House failed a Sylvester Stallone movie quiz we'll just leave it at that yeah this is like when you see the asterisks in a comic book just go back to a previous kyle episode yeah because i got stuck on i couldn't think of the movie daylight and i just couldn't (laughs) ask that so oscar uh and meaning academy awards we saw that when um coppola wins the thalberg award Lucas is so yes. grateful, like he's almost crying when he introduces him. Yeah, they yeah. have described their relationship, both of them, as like big brother, little brother. Um, they've been supportive of each other's careers. Spielberg's thrown in that mix as well in that group. And again, we we also saw them, uh, Spielberg, uh, Lucas, and uh, Coppola present the award when Scorsese wins Best Picture. Like, yes, they're clearly all friends here. But especially, I think the link is strongest between lucas and coppola mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's a no-brainer for me that he would like when lucas is like all right i'm doing this silly little thing you know that uh coppola would be like i'm on it let's do it this sounds fun and it's also funny that they have the two most like similar careers in my opinion yes and mm-hmm. no but i'm glad you bring that up kyle so coppola i think in 2022 i think last year had this long like quote and I think it was an IndieWire, one of these magazines, where he was like, he said what a lot of us have thought. Now, we all love Star Wars. But he said, I almost wish George did not focus just on Star Wars. Because if you watch American Graffiti, it's such a beautiful film. He almost was like wondering what George's career would have been if he just made more 
independent films. Movies. And I don't even mean indie yeah. films. I mean just independent of the Personal. Star Wars universe. I, I, Star Wars I get films. that. I get that. But I, 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 would, I would argue that George uh, has contributed more in even the past... Mm-hmm. I don't know, 20, 30 years than Francis Ford Coppola. Well, well, here's, Not here's what... anything away from, no, I mean, yeah. what, like through the mid 80s of his career. Uh, Here, here's what kind of, and here's what kind of ended up kind of happening, I think, with Star Wars is that it just became bigger than. George Lucas, right? Is bigger like, than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, his name, even, his name even, is now, his name is now Star Sinatra. Wars. Well, like, like all the technology that came with it. George Lucas is going to be one of those names where it's like, you were alive when George Lucas walked the earth. They are like Walt Disney, like Einstein, like those types of like, he's going to be remembered in like a big way, you know, and Coppola is going to be remembered. Of course, don't get me wrong, but like, they, I, I feel like they have wildly similar careers and like they made their biggest successes very early on and have sort of been like treading on a lot of that success since trying to do other things. And I feel like Coppola has been successful in, in doing more of these personal movies. And I always, you always hear George Lucas in every interview go, I'd, I'd love to make smaller movies. I'd love to make movies that, you know, I don't even release that I just make and like can get it out of my system and like personal films. Like I'm not just. What starving. if he's been doing that this whole time when he dies? All these movies are. Released. I mean, that'd be great. Oh, like a prince kind of thing. He's filling the vault. Yeah. Oh. But to your point, Mike, Coppola actually did that. And right. And, Ka- right. and Kyle, what to what you're saying, like Coppola has released all these personal projects that, frankly, I haven't seen. And Mike, you haven't seen a lot of them. And Twixt. We, yeah, we do a Coppola <laughs> podcast. But like he, he doesn't care that we didn't see them, you know? Like Coppola is more living that original hippie zoetrope dream. He's definitely more the artist in theory, but I think they're of the same mind. And I don't think I yeah. don't I don't think Lucas is crying about all his billions of no. dollars and no, going no, no, every no. F one race everywhere, you know. Meanwhile, yeah. Coppola has to sell his his vineyard to make his his passion project right so like, it, it it's funny because thx is like such an esoteric like independent sort of like weirdo hard to understand avant-garde movie it's like you know you would think david lynch was making that not george lucas or something but and you could see their connection with coppola though like they're the art house kids like they are artsy they are sort of out there like push trying to push the medium and i think that's like what george lucas ended up doing was focusing on the technology right and trying to figure out a way of making things go faster and making things look better and all that kind of stuff they were always just making things that resonated most with them and what george lucas did was make a space cowboy samurai movie and it happened to fucking crush it yeah Yep. He didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't set out. He, it's not like it's not like Spielberg landed Jaws. He's like, that's what I want my movie to be. The next blockbuster. No, no you know, yeah. like it's like it's you know like Spielberg. He bought the book and like you know like it was a best selling book. You know, so it's no, yeah, but I yeah. But then after that, I totally trust me. Like I mean, by wanting to totally direct it himself, and obviously the merchandising, everything like that. Like, but to be fair, it's not. I don't think Francis is criticizing Lucas. It's more a what if because he knows him and believes in him yeah. so much. 
I think I think George would have been an amazing documentary filmmaker, you know, like on the level of Herzog almost. Like you watch that Rain People documentary, you look at something like we're watching today, like just to have the uh, sort of, I don't want to say vision, but just to be able to be like, oh, there's these different versions of telling a documentary style and like let's do one that riffs on uh, like TV magazine news shows kind of thing like behind the music you know what i'm saying like they're not taking this seriously at all but like he understands like the different aesthetics of that and so i think he really would have you know could have made like a very cool like f1 racing documentary someday i mean correct me if i'm wrong i don't think he directed this no No, i'm not saying he did but like you know he he signed off you know what i'm saying like he gets he gets what's going on he's watching with his friends steven and and, yeah francis they're in it they're like this is hilarious um yeah they're in it (laughs) i do want to hit on something uh you said though about the technology with uh lucas and again like industrial light and magic skywalker sound all these things that come out of it and Mike, us watching that um, Zoetrope documentary, it yeah. didn't click with me until like our conversation today. But like Lucas's companies are just a natural outgrowth of the original Zoetrope vision, right? Yes. And, and this is where they're linked as well. Francis is so linked to that San Francisco area, even with the wine, right? And he originally decides to start Zoetrope yeah. there because Lucas suggests Northern California. Because that's where he's from. That's where yeah. he's from, Modesto. And then how it just evolves into Lucas almost perfects a lot of what Francis wanted to do. And it seems weird to say, but like, because like to think of Industrial Light and Magic, Skywalker Sound, and to think of all these things that he started as like independent stuff sounds weird to like a younger person. But it was all independent stuff. It was away from Hollywood. It's just like yeah. it's just the mainstream now because they were so damn good at what they did that it just became yeah. the industry standard. It's funny because like Coppola wanted everything to be under his roof and his house, and he's the studio, and we make everything here. And what Lucas ended up becoming is where every, is what everybody outsources to, right? Like, like all the major studios go to. Uh, ILM. They go to Skywalker Sound. They go to THX. They always like mix this do this, do this for us and send it back. And it's like Skywalker Ranch kind of is what Zoetrope was supposed to be minus shooting the actual movie there, right? Because it's like, that's the one thing they don't have is sound stages, but they do everything else, you know? And so the way I look at it is like, George is supplying Francis with the new techniques and ways to make his next movies, you know? It's like, George is the mechanic. Huh? That's his idea. You said that he said to him, "Give me one good idea a day." That's what George focused on. <laughs> Hell yeah, there you go. Hell but yeah. he feels like it feels like he's the mechanic, like in the garage. He's being the like, R2G2. Here's, <laughs> here's your new camera. Here's your new projector. Here's the new way. Here's the way to do it faster. And Francis is there, like, okay, I'm going to make this movie with that. Now I'm going to make the next movie with that. He's Odie Mandrell's award-winning pit droids. Oh, Guadronero, <laughs> take it a hit. If you haven't yet watched the documentary series Light and Magic, it's awesome. Yes. It's fantastic. On Disney Plus. We rarely promote Disney Plus here. All right. <laughs> Beneath the Dome, R2D2. It's not long. It's on YouTube for right now. Should be on Disney. This should be on Disney Plus. I don't know why it's not, but, be... but 
it's weird because it's a Fox property, and they bought Fox, so you would think that they would have it in their vault, but I guess they just don't care that much. Maybe they'll get to it. Thoughts, moments, favorite things? Francis is yeah. all over it, so... I love a good mockumentary. So yeah, it's really fun. I mean, again, it came out at like the perfect time. This is right when I'm like really getting into all those filmmakers and even like knowing the name Ben Burt and stuff like that and just dorking out on everything that is like film production. So yeah, it's just really fun. And then, you know, you get the actors having some fun too. Mike, you said it earlier. It's like behind the music, you know, like at that time, that's even early uh reality shows so even like mtv cribs like just like all that kind of stuff is just really coming into the zeitgeist and i mean star wars is the epitome of zeitgeist so yeah it's just a really fun mockumentary kind of thing and to have sam jackson in it and (laughs) young leads and uh just like treating arc two it's a little not exact like it you know, like his name is Reggie, but then he is R two D two. But the character's name is R two D two. Reggie Dillingham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from, from from bollocks. <laughs> I love I love that it just pretty much starts with Sam Jackson is like homeboy probably from Detroit or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just gets me so good. You know what it se- seemed like to me? It seemed like they got a lot of these interviews and didn't feed too many lines. And then they mm-hmm. wove some of them together with s- stuff that certain actors said here and there, right? Obviously, there's oh, some yeah, planted yeah. lines here, but there's some like stuff that like just sounds loose. Like that wasn't said in the doc, but like it. Oh yeah, it makes it more realistic. It makes him more of an enigma. Yeah one one thing that was really awesome watching back at this is like how much work was put into it, but like how how like they had the resources. So like. One thing this really reminds me of is like Forrest Gump. Okay, they kind of Forrest Gumped R two D two into reality, where it was like you know he was a struggling oh, actor in the seventies and the eighties, yeah. and and they doctor all of these photos and they use like ILM money to inject R two into like old footage of old television shows and all that kind of thing, and so like they planted him you know into reality as like this actual like they treat him like a human my favorite thing was the partridge family (laughs) yeah just seeing him as like the blue partridge at the end is fantastic there's a shot of him with cheech and chong there's a shot (laughs) there's a shot with him with mr t like it's amazing not to bring this person up, ringo (laughs) because you're not allowed to bring this person up on podcast in 2023 because he's a monster but uh what's the woody allen movie we're like really pioneering. Oh, Zelig. Yeah, Zelig. Zelig is, is incredible. Really pioneers yeah. this, this tech that we're using today. Yeah. Just R2-D2 being everywhere, doing everything. And I didn't mind the inconsistencies because it was it was like supposed to be putting it together here of who this actor slash robot was. Like the digs on Dinner Theater... Yeah, George, George being like he probably did dinner there. <laughs> or just exactly, or even come on, your main man himself being uh, saying Bob Evans called him a runt, like just <laughs> name dropping Bob Evans. Oh, love it, especially if you've seen the offer. I didn't appreciate the Bob Evans thing, obviously Bob when, I, when I watched this the first called time. Him a little runt. <laughs> you know, I, I met her too. He did all my blow, and then he stole my girlfriend. So he's or, a runt. Or, or having or having Richard Dreyfus saying, you oh, know, yeah. no, no one's going to walk up to George and say R two is a schmuck." Come on, that's that's <laughs> it's, it's amazing. The best, gold. 
I love when George was like, you know, he got out of line one time, so I had to, I I lit up a blowtorch in front of him. (laughs) I was just like, what? I love how he takes digs at himself. Obviously, he approves this. But the actors are talking about, like, what it's like to be directed by George Lucas, and there's kind of, like, they're not 100% joking, you know? Although you could tell the Harrison Ford interview is, like, not Mm -hmm. from... Not for this. No, yeah, that's no, yeah. Like from like an Entertainment Tonight or yeah, something. Yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah. But that's that's what you always heard about George was like he's got yeah. faster and more intense and yeah. There's like a little clip of like Natalie Portman, I think Carrie Fisher. Uh, <laughs> who's who's a good who's a good sport in this too? She's really she's oh, got I love Carrie Fisher in this. But let's get back to Francis. I love how he sort oh, yeah. of mirrors the Al Pacino story for R two D two. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Where he's like, oh, yeah. I thought of him as my Michael Colleone, but, you know, like the studio wouldn't go for it or whatever. That's exactly what those guys did. That's what, like, Ben Burt was, like, talking about. That's what Spielberg was even saying, like, talking about, like, getting him back into movies or, like, seeing himself as the lead of Indiana Jones. <laughs> like, they're just they're just taking what they experienced anew from their lives and replacing it with R2. And inserting R2-D2 in it. Like, again, I, I love it. I just think it's so... Just, like, fun and, like, innocent in a way. It ends with a human droid sex joke that's fantastic <laughs> oh right his girlfriend i think i'm pregnant and stuff and like yeah. all of his womanizing yeah exactly all his womanizing it's um, it's it is so of the time it is ridiculous uh we get like i can't forget the like, stuff with you and mcgregor like he's McGregor, being an asshole yeah. two months oh yeah i love it. even christopher lee is yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know such a good he's like as of now i don't have any scenes with him but you know, I, I'm doing the movie to be in the movie with him. <laughs> a couple things that like really stuck out to me, like we get a Candy Clark cameo from American, oh, yeah. American Graffiti, which is really cool. Little Lucas Coppola connection there. Kyle, you mentioned Sam Jackson. The Samuel Jackson stuff where it's like, oh, I was a young actor in the city and R2 took me under his wing. Sounds it's so like <laughs> genuine that it was it was like heartfelt in a way. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's a really good actor. Because <laughs> he's doing stuff like he's sitting there like twirling the lightsaber. Like he yeah, feels he's got so his relaxed. purple bucket hat on. Yeah, and he's yeah. Just crushing it. He's Mace Windu. Oh, we even see uh, Ahmed Best. Yeah. That was cool because he recently popped up in The Mandalorian as well. And, like, it was just cool to see him, like, participating in this. Yeah, uh, Jar Jar Binks himself. Uh, You mentioned Richard Dreyfuss being his rival, right? Like, I I love that, too, because it was just the way he's saying it, too. Like, uh, Kyle, you mentioned where he's like, oh, it felt real as well. I I, I felt like um, Spielberg... You know, was the kind of guy who's like, I'm never going to cast that guy. Like, I don't know what George kind of sees in him. He's like, the first time I saw him, I thought it was a trash can. (laughs) That, That, yeah, that little story is great. It's just funny. Like, they're all being themselves, but they're all playing different characters in this silly, silly mockumentary. Oh, the last thing I'll say in my notes, I don't know why I want to bring this up. I don't know if it's relevant. The fact that Samuel Jackson is wearing a WWF new york shirt i don't know if you guys noticed that but it, on I didn't uh, notice the patch that. says wwf new york which is the short-lived restaurant in times square 
Oh, wow. In the era of themed restaurants in Times Square, it was like, obviously, the wrestling-themed restaurant. I'm like, where did he get that or whatever? I don't know. Was he part of, like, any of those themed restaurants, like Planet Hollywood? Probably Planet Hollywood, right? Circuit. He was probably, you know, someone, yeah, he was probably just ate there one time for free and, like, did a public appearance and they gave him some swag. I feel like this is more of a foodie films conversation, but you guys ever go to one of those theme restaurants? I mean, I went to them all the time, so. Uh, when I was a kid, I went to Hard Rock in New York once. Uh, once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, a Hard Rock, um, never never the Forest Gump one. Oh, Rainforest Cafe? Yeah, it was just, yeah, I mean, I would count that one. Forrest Gump, oh, we, um, we were pretty old what about, when like, that came out. What about like Medieval Times? Does that count? Go I guess. Right. But I'm talking about like these, like when Times Square restaurants were. Oh, like, like Bubba Gump shrimp. Bubba Gump, yeah. Like but again, like that. Bubba Gump was on like the later end. Like I used to go like All Star Cafe. Oh, All Star Cafe, 110. percent Yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. Uh, Johnny Rockets, like that kind of thing. I, I guess, but like Planet Hollywood, I'm thinking more. There was one called a uh, Mars 2112. Which was like you used to go down an elevator and you were at Ma- in Mars. Yeah, for some cool. reason we would go to All Star Cafe a lot. Jekyll was and- Matt Damon there? Jekyll and Hyde was another one that was cool. Yeah. So Matt Damon wasn't on Mars. No, no, I ignored oh. that joke, Mike. <laughs> Why? Did you eat a lot of potatoes there? God, thrown in shit. <laughs> a, a golden era, a golden time. I was. I almost said it's too bad there's no Star Wars cafe, but you got to go to Florida or California yeah. in the Galaxy's Edge, and exactly. there you go. Kyle, did we see Attack of the Clones together? Yep, with Tommy Teets. With Tommy Teets, and closer, right? and closer. We didn't see Phantom Menace together because we, we we didn't know one other yet. But we saw. I saw Revenge before you, but we saw it together. Okay. And we saw Two Towers together, right, with Tommy Teets. Is that Star Wars? I don't remember. I that. might have just gone with Tommy Teets then, and we talked. I don't about think I ever towers. saw Lord of the Rings in theaters. Tommy Teets sounds like a droid. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'm just trying to think of that era. Yeah. So, any other uh, moments and scenes in this silly, silly little mockumentary here that you want to talk about? I like Francis's shirt, his Hawaiian shirt. I wondered what he might have been classic. Francis. What he might have been filming around this time, but I couldn't really. I don't know. I couldn't wrap my head around like. What it might probably one of I mean, this is definitely you know like all post Dracula and stuff. So like he's probably doing his obscure like small stuff at this point, I think, or gearing up to do that kind of thing. Or even producing, right? Yeah. When was Jack? Is that what he was shooting? Was he shooting no, Jack? Was Jack is that was, I know. I'm <laughs> I know. One of Kyle's favorites. Cosby's the best in it. Between the Rainmaker and Youth Without Youth, it's ten years. So he's doing wow. I don't say he's doing nothing. He's like producing films. He's Making his wine or whatever, but this is not making his wine. It's not an active uh, point in Francis Ford Coppola's career in terms of directing. Anything else you want to mention, Kyle? No, I said all my. I did have many notes, but it was just it was it's it, it's like fifteen minutes long. I watched it to and back from the supermarket yesterday, so check it out. <laughs> so may the fourth be with you. Then I think we had a good. A Star Wars celebration here, yeah, uh, Uncle Francis. Is oh yeah, I did, I did, I did look that up. It was like the first time that was mentioned was by uh, Margaret Thatcher in 1979. She May said, May the Fourth. Yeah, she said uh, her political party, the Conservatives, placed a con- congratulatory advisement in the London Evening News saying, "May the Fourth be with you, Maggie. Congratulations." Oh, I guess 
okay, so it wasn't about Star Wars though. <laughs> She's the no, Iron but it lady. said may may the may the fourth be with you. Okay, interesting. So, that was the first, and then in. Very fitting because of the Empire and all that, you know, yeah. her being in, in the 19, Dark Lord. Yeah, in 1988, an episode of Count Ducula, the Vampire, oh, nice. strike, the vampire yeah. Strikes Back, uh, uh, someone asked Ducula the date and is told May the 4th. Interesting. And they said May the 4th be with you after that. But Very then cool. it wasn't, yeah. Point being, the first then, like, Star Wars Day was in 2011 up in Ontario, Canada. Trump's oh, right. Toronto. So it's really oh. recent. Nice. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's what I was trying to figure out because it was, I remember in 2015 doing a cross-country road trip and being out in LA on May the 4th. And, uh, God, what's that really, the famous observatory? Griffith's Observatory? Yeah. And, like, they had they had a bunch of May the 4th, like, merch there or whatever. So I have a coffee mug. Nice. So two other things before we close the episode I didn't want to mention. The first, uh, just a question for you guys. If Francis Ford Coppola was in the Star Wars universe, whether it's a cameo, whether he's a character, who does he play, theoretically? Who is the Coppola of Star Wars? Oh, well, like, I think it would be very cool, or maybe not so much cool, but, like, you gotta, he's gotta be, like, a gangster boss, like a mob boss. <laughs> and if he's a mob boss, he's gotta be a hut. He's gotta be Francis the Hut. Francis the and Hut. And he's gotta... Come in there as Francis and do the whole thing. Like now, 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 what is this? What's going on? What? You know, like he's not going to be a slow hut, but he'll be a. You know, he's got to be a gangster mob boss. I like that one, Francis the Hut. What about you, Kyle? Different answer. Uh, I mean, that's really good. I w- I wasn't thinking that realm. I was thinking like possibly just like a no name on the Jedi Council that has like one line at some point, or I could, <laughs> or, or I could totally see him being. Uh, who were we just saying before that uh, is like Ernest Borgnine? Like, oh, oh, the, oh, yeah. uh, Dexter Jetster. Yeah, like I like him like being a, a Jedi Master. That would be great if if he just like we need Jedi Master Coppola. It would be funny if he went like I'm just trying to think like uh, if he went into like the film archives, like when like Obi Wan's looking for planets or something. I'm just thinking of like film related stuff. Yeah, is there a Coppola? Uh, Lucas crossover in the Star Wars universe. We obviously know there are. It's not, not littered, but there's an, an enough Spielberg ones to be like, oh, you know, ET and stuff like. There's Blade Runner crossover. No, you know, like none of the act, none of the family actors, like Talia Shire's never been in a Star Wars show or movie, and like Jason Schwartzman hasn't showed up on like, you know, Boba Fett or anything. Wasn't um oh god, Sunny? Oh, James Conn. Sunny. Yeah, wasn't he almost Han Solo? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Was he? Oh. I think that. I think he was one of the names, or yeah, the studio was pushing for. So this is the problem with Lucas not making enough movies and things like that. But you know, because at least like with like Richard Dreyfus, I think of like you know he was in Jaws and he was in American Graffiti. So there's like you know that. I mean, he's got that connection with Spielberg. I mean, they made movies together. But I'm just saying, like otherwise, the, the closest that would have ever happened was if. Uh, George Lucas got to make his Star Wars TV show about like the gangsters and the underbelly of Coruscant. Oh, right, that would have been cool. Yeah, we almost get an episode of that in um, in Andor. Yeah, Andor, my favorite. So the other thing I was going to mention quickly was one time Kyle and I got in trouble for Star Wars related reasons in high school. Do you remember that, Kyle? 
I think you did. I don't know if I did. Well, we were doing it together, but I got more in trouble, yes. No, you went and I defended you. I know. What'd you do? But that's still, okay. Semantics, yes. So sorry. I got no, in trouble. it was your lightsaber. You whacked somebody. It was taken <laughs> from you. And you were like, I don't know what to do, but I want to get it back. Wasn't it your brother's or something like that? I'm like, I'll go with you. And I defended you. Okay, so you're not remembering the full part of the story. Oh, okay. Then, well, yeah, we lightsaber. both, I don't know if it was yours, but we both had lightsabers at a pep rally. Oh. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, so this is the beginning of the story. But to piss off football players and all like the jocks... While they were doing their whole, like, pep talk. For the Golden Knights, we were the Jedi Knights. Yeah. We were just Jedi Knight lightsabering in the background. <laughs> with, like, toy... That seems harmless. With toy lightsabers. No, but then eventually, like, I... What Kyle's referring to is that... You beat the shit out of someone yeah, with we, a lightsaber. No, I'm saying we didn't get in trouble <laughs> I think I think I, I was thinking more social trouble. Oh. People were okay. like, were like oh, look at you dorks. You yeah, exactly. But then eventually, yes, I, I didn't really hit somebody... I was swinging it around, and a teacher walked by and was like, you could hit someone, you could really hurt someone, I'm taking that from you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, F that teacher. All right. But <laughs> yeah, you should, have whacked, you should have whacked the teacher with the lightsaber as hard as you could. I mean, like, like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Kyle, for joining us on May the 4th, celebrating this this strange, strange pop culture day. I guess my last question is for you, Mike. If May the 4th is the George Lucas holiday, mm. what would the Coppola holiday be? Good question. How about Columbus Day? Day. <laughs> I, like that. I like that. That's not bad. That's a good one. Um, uh, March 3rd for Godfather 3, Coda. Oh, God. <laughs> Mike, do you remember what day Vito Colleone's birthday is? The Godfather himself? No. What is it? December 7th. Do you know it? Because it's Pearl Harbor Day. Oh, then there. Okay, so it's already a holiday. It can't be Godfather Day, also. <laughs> yeah, imagine it. Pearl Harbor Day t- gets taken over by Godfather Day. Plus, it's not like you could say, like, may the 4th be with you. Like, you know, it's a pun. So, like, what, where's the pun in Coppola Day? You know, we got to figure that out. Someone write in with that. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back into July 17th. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it should be March something. March is like the only other month that like is a word, right? March, but I can drink. How about we'll make you a June 4th? You can't refuse. (laughs) Well, it's like uh, March, March, like a good soldier that's, in not, the that's not in the godfather <laughs> i know it's not I, I love the smell of april 7th in the morning <laughs> we're work, workshopping it live on the air if you guys can think of something out there listeners that's a good coppola holiday i i'd love love to celebrate it so i love the smell of november in the morning i do <laughs> it's a nice month yeah i'm just saying napalm november i'm just going how we'll come up with something. Well, Kyle, until then, thank you so much for joining us. Anything thank you want to plug? Kyle, thank you for being our very Salute. first guest on the show. Nothing yeah. nothing you uh, want to plug? Just the cork in the bottle. Ah, nice. Mike, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um, leave the lightsaber. 
take the cannoli. <laughs> is Abe Vigoda in a Star Wars film? I'd like to see that. No, but Christopher Lloyd just appeared in an episode of The Mando, and he was like a thousand years old. He's like, I'm part of Star Wars, Marty. And I was like, there he is, doing a thing. <laughs> it's your Padawans, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> They're complete assholes. This is the end. Beautiful friend This is the end My only friend The end Of our elaborate plans The end Of everything that stands The end No saving